0: You're listening to episode 61 of the Broken Glass Podcast. Finding a break in hustle culture with Caitlin D. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wanderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. This podcast is brought to you by my very own DIY Your Podcast eCourse. Yes, I am finally launching my very first e-course, and I am so excited to share this with you. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, but you're not quite sure where to start, then this e-course is for you. For those of you who followed my journey, this is a long time coming, and I am so excited to let this out in the world and share it with you. This course will teach you everything from the strategy to tech and marketing your podcast. Listeners of the Broken Glass Podcast get 10% off your purchase with the code Broken Pod 10 So head on over to brokenglassmediashop.podia.com. I'll share that in the show notes so you can access it there. And use the code Broken Pod 10 to save 10% off your purchase of the DIY Your Podcast e-course. This course launches Friday, November 20th. So head on over and register now. Welcome back to the Broken Glass Podcast. Today, I have Caitlin D with me. She's a podcaster and musician. So welcome to the podcast, Caitlin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, You you have a podcast too, and um, you write music, uh, and you do a lot of other cool things uh, creatively. Um, So let's just dive right in. Tell uh, us a little about yourself and what you're
1: doing right now. Yeah, sure. So, um, my podcast is called Goth Yearbook After Hours. And it was begun actually out of quarantine. My friend Eric, who I only knew because he's a radio host up in Santa Rosa, um, and he has a program on an independent radio station on the FM radio that's called Goth Yearbook. And he plays like a lot of 90s stuff and sort of nostalgic like influences. And he, he had a whole shtick where he would invite musicians to be on his show and he'd interview them and play the stuff the music that they like um and then during quarantine basically he started he always wanted to do like a late night format sort of show oh I just realized my air conditioning was on sorry about that um but he always wanted to do like a late night kind of talk show and I was just I went on unemployment. I'm a massage therapist part-time and then part-time I've I've been producing and just doing whatever freelance video, audio production, you know, the usual LA hustle of 20 jobs. Yes. <laughs> um, but I was really fortunate in that I worked for a company um, and I was... I am an employee, and I'm on unemployment, but it's not a job I can do from home. So I'm sort of just like I get to work on my projects and on the creative stuff and and be on unemployment for a while. And so that's been awesome. and it kind of came out of like him interviewing these people, but also it the pacing he couldn't play music on the show because of copyright issues. and I think the pacing was kind of harder for him to keep up just with himself. Uh, I don't, since you podcast by yourself, you probably kind of feel that pain. Um, And I, I know that like, if it was just me, I would zone out all the time. Like it would be really
0: hard. Yeah. I take breaks. I take a month of no recording and Uh then I come back to it. So yeah, it's, (laughs) you have to stop and, and, you know, Re, you know, regroup and then come back at it. So I, t- I totally get it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> totally. Um, But we we just like developed this like good repertoire. And it's great because he knows everything about music. He's a total like a en- true DJ, like encyclopedia when it comes to music. And I play music, but I don't know anything about music. Like I'm one of those people that rarely digs in and listens to artists and learns about them. It's just not like something that I'm-, I'm not I guess, interested in, um, or not, I don't know. I think it's important, but it's just, yeah, it's never been something that like really motivates me. Um, And so we've been doing that since March. And it's awesome because it's given me as a musician, all these new connections and people that I'm meeting that are independent artists or they're comedians in LA. I've made friends. I've made business connections. It's been super fun. And we play games on the show that are like, it's all very like somewhere between like late night talk show and a 90s like slumber party with your friends because we, awesome. we'll do like rate. Re- we'll ask the guest favorite movie and then we'll like write up a scene from it but then change some of the scene and like act it out with them that's our actor studio or we give like personality quizzes that teenagers write on the internet um <laughs> just some stuff but it's been a great distraction during quarantine and the music stuff yeah i've uh <laughs> i don't know where to even begin with that um i know you had a follow up question later but in general also um if anyone didn't know i live in los angeles and i'm actually also from pasadena very close to where i grew up or where i have lived very close to where i grew up in like the silver lake area so my former band projects include uh Bell, betty petty and a band called pipe dreams which is probably the better known one and i in all of those for the most part i play guitar and sing and i also play bass and a friend my friend katie's band kilo tango
0: that's awesome you've had a lot going on and uh i i want to check out the podcast now because that sounds amazing that's like my childhood Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. So, um, let's go back a little bit. Um, how did you get involved in music? Um, you know, what, what inspired you to start playing and and to join bands and, and really get involved in that part of the industry?
1: Sure. So I, always wanted to growing up. I was very much a theater kid. I But that was like a family thing. And we also just had this amazing theater program and actual like physical theater at my school. And so it was, I loved being on stage. I love performing theater itself and acting, especially when you're born and raised in Pasadena in Los Angeles, like it's so competitive and, and just intense. Mm-hmm. And I actually am not the biggest fan of on-camera acting. Um, I love like, the, being in front of a crowd. Um, I tried to learn guitar a few times growing up, but I was very like, I just approached it the totally wrong way. I was such a perfectionist about it. And I was like, I need to like understand music before I can start playing songs. And that's just wrong. It's just not how you do things really. Um, And so I actually got hired in my mid 20s, I I just didn't even really think about music, or I quit performing for several years. And I was a yoga teacher, and I got hired to go on a backpacking trip with some people that were like, they're like post grads, I guess, and one of the guys had brought a ukulele. And the ukulele is like a great starter instrument, because you know, whereas a guitar, you have six strings and you only have five fingers. So it makes the chords look really complicated when you're first learning. It's like really intimidating. Um, but a ukulele has four strings and a lot of the chords, you just have like two fingers down. It doesn't hurt your hands to play. And it was the first time that someone had ever just like showed me how to play an instrument without trying to make themselves like look good at it. And right. he was like, no, this is just really easy. And it was very (laughs) lighthearted. And he like showed me how to play a song. And I was like, oh my God, I can learn like two hand positions and play all these different songs. And so that was like really life-changing for me. And, you know, obviously it does get harder. And fortunately, like we live in the age of YouTube where you can just like put on a video and watch it over and over. And so that's what I did. And eventually I transitioned to guitar and then Uh, As far as playing in bands, I started playing music and then I got asked to sing backup in a friend's band who was like in the kind of psychedelic scene in L.A. And they asked me when I was at the rehearsal if I played guitar and I knew like three chords and they were like, well, here's five more chords. Um, And I was like the third guitar in the band. So it really didn't matter what it sounded like. Cause it was like the classic folk psychedelic rock and roll band with like 12 people in it, you know, so (laughs) very low pressure musically for me. Um, and I met someone that I ended up like playing in a bunch of bands with. He took an interest in my music. Of course we ended up dating for a while, but before that, like he taught me a lot about like playing in bands and how to get a band together, where to plug the cables in, what I needed as far as gear. And at the time, there really, there weren't that many women that I knew doing music. Um, And so it was, you know, as hard as it is for me to like sit and learn something from a man, it was definitely a good entry point. You kind of had to do it. And I, I played in a bunch of bands until I finally like I had my own projects. And then after a while, I was able to ditch the dudes and play with Females, which has been definitely opened up a lot more music for me, um, or a lot of my music just because it's very different for me playing with guys that have been, most girls don't start playing till a little later than guys in general. And so we're, our skill sets are closer to the same range. So it, there's right. a better power dynamic, I think, within the project. Um, and it's just more fun to me, I think, um, and yeah, it was, I guess that was like how I got into it. And then I've tried to quit a million times because <laughs> it doesn't like really benefit me financially to continue being a musician. But I think all musicians, you know, most musicians, I think, feel like if they could quit, they would, but you, can't, you really can't.
0: Well, you love it so much. And, you know, yeah. when you have fun, like and I was actually gonna point that out when you had mentioned, you know, learn the ukulele and that was fun for you, right? It wasn't something like, oh my, you know, this is hard. And and it was just you had a good time with it. And I think that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people where a lot of people kind of go on to like, I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. I wanna quit. It's because it gets hard and it's not fun anymore, right? Yes. And when you can add that element of Okay, this is cool, this is easy, this is fun. Then that helps, you know,
1: get the ball rolling again. Totally. And I think that's so important. Like I try to come back to that lesson of like cuz of course like I always want to be pushing my skills and getting better at something, but then also sometimes I have to take a step back and just be like it's okay like so much creativity is born of limitation. Um and it's called play, you know. It's called playing yeah. music. It's not called like, you know, forcing yourself to do music, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And you know, I, you know, you mentioned too that you've been, you know, you keep wanting to quit, but I think, you know, you sounds like you really enjoy it and you're having fun with it. So you know, keep going, and, and um, and that's awesome that you found a whole group of women to to play with because, you know, like you mentioned, you don't see that a lot. You don't, you know, I. I through the podcast, I've met a lot of really cool women in the industry and in all parts of the industry. I talked to someone earlier today who did jazz vocals and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting when we can all connect and, and meet each other and then start bands together or start projects together and really collaborate. And, um, you know, I think it's really awesome that you were able to find a group that you could really feel like you could be open and vulnerable with. Cause that's so important with, especially with music.
1: Mm -hmm, Um, Right. You
0: want to be able to open up and and share your your story.
1: Totally. And it wasn't easy. I mean, or, you know, it wasn't like this, like quick, easy, like I put out an ad and I found, you know, it was like (laughs) I used to go to like every every time there was a show with like a female drummer or whatever, I would show up and. much corner the drummer after the show and like give her my number and be like i play guitar and i sing and i'm like and i had a band it wasn't like i didn't like i needed a band like i had a band it was just all dudes and they just weren't the nicest to me um and also it just wasn't like you could tell like we just weren't on the same page about a lot of stuff right and the only woman who ever called me or like texted me back because a lot of them honestly like were pretty like I don't know that they, they were like very like looked down their noses and kind of too cool about it. Um, which I fucking hate that attitude mm-hmm. because it just, it like, it makes it so much harder than it needs to be to be like anything in the industry, like much less a woman. Like, and you know, we all need to be helping each other out. Like you were at the bottom ones too.
0: Yeah. Like I was just going to say, like it's, we need to all support each other. And, you know, that's the point of why I have the podcast is to highlight the women in the industry and tell their stories. And, you know, I don't tolerate anybody who's going to look down on others. And, you know, I think especially in this industry, even, even in 2020, we need to be bringing each other up and not having, you know, those those attitudes and, and fulfilling some of the stereotypes that there are about women and, and women in the industry.
1: Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about like the negative experiences I've had <laughs> as a woman in the industry. Cause I really do try to reframe it now as like mm-hmm. a strength, um, because there are advantages to being a woman in the industry now. Um, it's definitely more coveted as far as like diversifying a lineup and, People, I think, are more interested in female-driven projects right now than ever before. Um, and, you know, at the time when I was starting my first girl band, which which was Pipe Dreams, uh, we we had, I don't know, like we definitely had some struggles like as far as being taken seriously, but also like we weren't the most serious band. So that was a big part of it. Like <laughs> we were kind of just punking out at shows and not really giving two shits. Um, and you know, I'd love to believe that we, we helped inspire some women to sort of get out there and just start their own bands. And I know I've definitely like, whenever I have a group, I, the I use Facebook for very little these days, but It's good for so many things like business wise, like my massage business, it's so easy to find clients on Facebook because that's pretty much the age group that (laughs) is on there. Um, And then I have a group called LA Women in Music, and it's basically like just a networking group for women. And it's been so cool over the years to watch that grow and see someone post like, I'm looking for a female drummer and then like a female drummer will post and I'm like, oh my God, like it's so nice that there, there's that space where people can find each other and um, it's been really important to me. I've taught like several girls how to play bass or like I've kind of tried to pass on the wisdom that my ex in that one band passed down to me and and tried to be like, go out of my way to be like, you can also do this, you know, it's not inaccessible and all you need to do is have like a laptop with garageband or a phone with garageband and like you can start you know
0: right and and going back to the groups i think you know i I've, i'm part of a couple different groups around the country uh for women in music and i i use facebook for the same thing just groups and business and yeah <laughs> very little for personal at this point but it's it's a great way to connect with people and to connect with someone, you know, maybe you need a graphic designer for your album cover, or Mm -hmm. you need a photographer for, you know, a shoot or videographer and to really have those connections with people who maybe, maybe they're not musicians, but they're in the industry and they know all those other areas. So that's awesome. I'm going to have to go find your group and I'll, uh, I'll join it and uh, I'll actually link it in the show notes. Anybody in LA can, can join it as well, but awesome. Yeah. And it's where I found a lot of guests for the podcast and made connections for my business. So it's it's important to just find those networking areas especially when it's, you know, a great group of women.
1: Yeah, and especially now cuz before like I mean, it's been useful before COVID and before quarantine, but like so much of the networking I'm sort of past the point where I'm like super trying to network a ton for music in LA. But when I was trying to like build a band or, you know, build other friendships with with people that were in bands around here, you go to shows, you go to shows and talk to people. (laughs) You can't do that now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's all online right now. It's for sure. Um, How have you navigated that as as an artist? And, and, you know, I know you're, you know, you mentioned that you're uh, working on different projects because you're on unemployment right now has that benefited you to, to, to be home and to be really honing on your craft or. Yeah. I mean, obviously we can't network can go play shows, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I always curious how people kind of shifted and, and made that pivot during this time.
1: Well, I think I'm, I'm really fortunate in a number of ways with the way quarantine sort of worked out for me. Cause I was already getting tired of playing shows. Uh, Just, I'm like, you know, approaching my mid thirties properly now. And I'm you know, going out more than once a week as a tour. And I was sort of starting back away from that, but I was also reaching this point where it was like, you know, it would be great, of course, to tour with a big artist and get paid a bunch of money, but like, I don't it's never been like a huge goal of mine. So I've been honing in more on like, what do I love about this? Like, and what do I, before it was like, this is how I built my social life. This is how I had fun in my twenties and expressed myself and I got to get on stage and, you know, I've played in like, like amazing space. I got to sing in a choir with Moby for a while. And so I got to do like Conan O'Brien and, uh, play at the forum or the fonda i don't even know which one uh i think the fonda is small the smaller one of the two um and like the echo and all these places but also like caves in san francisco and house parties and basements and living rooms and rooftops and warehouses like all these places that like now i'm just sort of like over it a little bit. I mean, I, it would probably be an amazing adrenaline experience right now after months and months of not <laughs> performing. Home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also I just don't know if I, I was already at the point where I was like, well, maybe I want to focus on like recording and producing. Cause as much as I love the music I've put out, it's always been challenging for me to get it to sound the way I want, because I haven't been The one at the helm, Um, I've never engineered. I've never produced. And but I've always what, what would always happen is I would make demos in GarageBand and make these like really intricate, cool demos that sounded really rough. And then I'd take them to a producer or engineer. We'd record them, and it would end up sounding really, really far from the way I wanted it to. And then we'd like have to work sort of backwards towards the demo I originally produced. And I kind of finally figured out like this is not the age where like it really matters to go into this big studio with like all of these knobs and buttons. This is the age where it's like if I can figure out how to fudge sounds like at home but can be in total control and like I save all that money. I save someone the headache of dealing with my million notes when I'm like truly probably not paying them enough to worry about it, you know. Um, I don't Want to keep like depending on the kindness of people that like really probably could be doing other things with their lives than like perfect my record that I don't know how to explain to them. And if I can just watch some logic tutorials, I can get a lot closer on my own. So I totally, totally pivoted into that direction as soon as quarantine started. Because you know, I have all this time to sit around. And frankly, I think like it, it's given me this view into, I've always had a job. And I think a lot of my, you know, people that are sort of at my level in the industry, like, you know, you have your day job and then you make music as well. You do the thing you love. So, but then you'd never have a day off or, right, yep. or if you do have a day <laughs> off, it's very rare. It's not like you clock out and you're done. Right. You clock out yeah. and you go to a show, or you go to rehearsal, or you practice at home, or you feel guilty if you don't. Yeah, yeah,
0: I totally understand that. So, because I'm working my full time job and doing the podcast and running a business, so it's like you just you don't stop, and it's it's what you do in LA. You
1: yeah, just keep going. <laughs> Right. And in a uh, while I've been on unemployment, I've been like, holy shit, this must be what it feels like to just get paid to do what you love all the time. Like, right. There's like money coming in and I'm waking up on my own schedule, but I'm also like, there'll never be a day where, and it's, I think this is where it's really true. Like in a truly like, you know, I'm not here to promote socialism, but in a society where people are sort of just trusted to like contribute and work right. We do. We are passionate about things. I don't think anyone could really sit on the couch indefinitely. I mean, yeah. sure people can, but enough people would just always still be pumping out, you know, stuff I, that's of value. Yeah. I know I can't sit still. I have to be doing
0: something. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was in quarantine for two weeks. I went to, um, I'm a Canadian citizen and I went to Canada, um, for my sister's wedding. It was just a uh, immediate family, but we had to quarantine for two weeks when we got there. And I, at first I was like, how am I going to do two weeks? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get so bored so Mm -hmm. quickly. I'm going to just hate it. But actually I brought, you know, brought my computer with me. um, And I was editing podcasts. I was writing. I was, I was working. And I was like, there's, there's no way I could have just sat still. Like, oh yeah. (laughs) I would have been within like a day been like, I got to do something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Yeah, Yeah.
1: I still have to schedule like little mini vacations because I'm like, otherwise, I just like won't ever feel rested. And I'm not even like truly working right now. (laughs) Right. You're
0: doing what you love. Yeah. No, I do that, too. I say, you know, okay, Friday nights, um, that's my time. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't do anything. I I go to work or I go to work quotes Mm -hmm. (laughs) sit at my desk um you know I I go out for the the evening I um I lease a horse so I go ride him oh cool. and then I come back and my that's my night like I'm not gonna turn on the computer I'm not gonna pull out a notebook that's my night to just totally chill
1: and I have been kind of wanting... refreshes
0: you right
1: yeah I yeah. by the way I've been wanting to lease a horse so we'll have to talk about that yes <laughs> maybe yes, off the are, show yeah
0: they're <laughs> great therapy so yeah I
1: yeah I rode them when I was little and I I didn't know you could lease them until recently a friend told me and I was like excuse me that (laughs) absolutely has to happen but it's been so long since I've taken care of a horse I don't know if anyone wants me near their horse right now
0: (laughs) I'm sure they'd be fine
1: um well yeah we'll definitely
0: chat about that uh after, but um, you know, it's, it's great to have something like that or like, you know, we both have our cats. Mm-hmm. So to have something therapeutic amongst yes. all this craziness and amongst, you know, even when before quarantine and before all the lockdowns, you know, just, you know, you you go so hard, you know, you go to your job, you come home, you write, you record you, or, you know, you go out to shows and and whatnot. And, you know, just to have that time when you come home and just, you know, this is my time, you know, I'll hang out with my cat, play with her.
1: And it just, it helps. It helps you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You can't, uh, there has to be gas in the tank. That's the way I see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've really
0: kind of shifted into, um, into production then, right? You're, you're really doing more of that. Is that just for yourself or are you working for others doing producing for others?
1: Yeah. So I, I, started producing my own album and then that immediately I was like oh this is cool and I'm still kind of trying to figure out what am I doing as far as all the like audio stuff but I'm just figuring it out and uh, I am recording an album my friend's first album uh, Natalie Durkin and uh, it's called Miss Mania is the track that we're working on right now she's releasing it next month and she is like my it's like it reminds me of she's like 21 and still in college and like it's her first album and she's like still excited about like music and I'm like oh I need this energy and (laughs) (laughs) um and it's really fun because it's like you know I'm able to do things it's easy for me to sort of you know I totally have the imposter syndrome thing where I'm like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing um and then you know i could create something for her that i'm like oh no i know exactly what i'm doing i know how to do this stuff i know how to make you know a track with drums and guitar and bass and all this stuff and if i can do it for myself why not do it for someone else especially um you know to me i just think there need to be so many more female producers in the scene because frankly it's really it can be really frustrating working with male producers um i've personally had experiences where some of them have been absolutely amazing and great friends and then sometimes it's just like you you know they are just like sort of stretching it on to like hang out with you <laughs> you know and like <laughs> get drunk with you and they're like just not totally doing their job or they make it really unclear if they're like attracted to you or they want to work with you and it's just like I would just rather not deal with all the sexual attraction bullshit when I'm trying to be do something professionally yeah yeah be professional Uh, and, and do your job yeah And I think that's the same in any industry, but again, I also have tried to like, you know, use being a woman to my advantage. And if I, if someone wants to, if some guy wants to do something for free for me, because I'm a girl, I'll take it, you know? And so it's a double, double double-edged sword, really. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) To a point, right? You just, you take it and then, okay. Uh
1: Uh-huh. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. But that's cool that you've, you've been able to really, you know, kind of dive into that. And um, you mentioned imposter syndrome. And I think, I think we all go through that as, as musicians, as women, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that affects us a lot. I know it affects me too. when I launched um, podcast management and, and uh, launch consulting, I was, I went through the gamut of emotions with monster syndrome I was like, why, you know, I, I've been running this for a little over two years now. So I've got that experience behind yeah. hosting, recording, editing, you know, I, I do this all myself. And it was like, who am I to offer this? You know, how can I, you know, how can I offer this to somebody if I've only ever done my own podcast, but, you know, once I start working with other people and sharing my knowledge and it's kind of like you with working with uh, uh, Natalie, it was like, Oh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I think we just really need to trust ourselves and trust our knowledge and our experience that our skills, we can do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When I was a yoga teacher, there was like a phrase that they sort of instilled in us when I was getting uh, when I was like doing my deep study early on. And it was you teach to learn. Basically, it was the idea is like you don't have to be the utmost expert. And in fact, being less than that is going to make you more relatable for someone who knows nothing and who is a total amateur. Right. Yeah. What is it? It's like
0: when you're learning, find the person that's just like one step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to go all the way up to the top to the expert. Find the person that's Doing what you're doing, that doing what you want to do, and then follow them, you know, let them mentor you because you know, they they were just there. They understand what you're going through, you know, what you're where your skills are at, what you need to improve on. Whereas mm-hmm. if you go to somebody who's the expert, you might not have that that connection.
1: Yeah. And it's just really intimidating too when you're trying to learn from someone who has so many skills and it's it's not necessarily like encouraging I think I used to yeah. when I was first learning guitar I would watch YouTube tutorials and I would only watch ones from teenagers because I was like in my mid-20s <laughs> at the time and I was like these kids don't pay rent what do they know about life they got nothing but time of course they're good at ukulele <laughs> <laughs> And it made it easier for me to like learn from, from someone.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. I, I have a guitar and I've been, uh, I, you know, kind of self-taught just a few chords here and there, or if I pick out a song that I really like, and then I go and try and find the chords online uh-huh. <laughs> and try and play it. But I've been really wanting to kind of get back into playing. It's been several years now. Um, uh, but that's, I'll have to go YouTube some, some teenagers playing guitar. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Guitar is totally like an ongoing challenge for me. It's definitely never, I am so envious of people that are just like, can't not have a guitar in their hands as soon as they're relaxing. And for me, I have to like psych myself up to be like, okay, don't freak out. We're practicing and it's going to be fine. (laughs) Once I get going, I'm fine. It feels amazing. And it's an instrument that, like, I love so much. And I know it's, like, a deeply, like, spiritual key for me as far as, Mm -hmm. like, it's unlocked so much of, like, my confidence in myself and been this tool for expression that's, like, beyond words. Um, But does it drive me insane? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I find it still very intimidating. Yeah. Well, I think, what
0: was it? uh, 10,000 hours, they say,
1: is, Mm -hmm. like...
0: To get to or to master your skill or something like that so
1: i know i've got a lot lot more hours to put into that (laughs) well me too and i've been doing it for many years but i'll go beach sometimes without touching it just because it's Mm -hmm. like i just can't sometimes yeah
0: well too sometimes i know you know you get involved in other projects or you're working on something else and that was where you know my kind of downfall came was I moved into an apartment. So I was, you know, I've got neighbors on all sides of me, mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know um, I, I try to be as, as quiet as I can be for them. But then also too, you know, I get involved in something else. I, yeah. you know, especially with the podcast, it was, you know, now I'm recording and writing for the podcast and every little piece that goes along with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those other things that take, take up the time, you know, where you really have to intentionally, you know, sit and practice kind of what by the wayside.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that there has to be like a really unique balance to everyone where it's between like discipline and enjoying what you're doing. Um, because if, if it gets to the point, yeah, I will get to the point where like, you know and that's why i have quit music 20, 20 so many times <laughs> and actually never have quit music but because i'll be trying so hard to every day be like i'm gonna practice guitar for two hours and then i'm gonna write mm-hmm. for two hours and then i'm gonna do this and that and this and that and i burn out so hard and i'm like not even in it and then i'll spend like two weeks not playing guitar but like going out and going kayaking doing hiking going like hanging out with friends, like doing all this stuff. And then I'm like totally inspired and I have to play guitar again.
0: Yeah, sometimes you need that, especially when you get burned out. I went through that last summer and I just, I I couldn't write, I couldn't even think about what I wanted to offer for services. And I just, I took two weeks off and my friend and I went on a trip and I came back and I was inspired. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it takes just decompressing, doing something else. You know, getting out and like, you know, getting out in nature, hiking, whatever you need to do mm-hmm. just to kind of give yourself a pause and then let the creativity come back.
1: Yeah. And I think that there absolutely is a lot to be said for being like a craftsperson who's amazing an instrument or a skill and have put all this time in. And But also there's a big part of me that needs to let go of like mastering something to Enjoy creating with it, right?
0: Yeah. Once you suck the fun out of it, it's yeah. <laughs> that's when you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, um, you know, do you have any resources? We mentioned groups and networking and that, um, and, and sure. YouTube and and different videos like that. But do you have any kind of resources that you'd recommend for? For women looking to start in the industry, looking to start playing music, producing,
1: anything like that? Um, YouTube is like your best friend, but also like having this isn't necessarily like a firm resource, but having a meditation practice has been like so stupid important for me, especially because the music industry is insane. And is really cut, like, not. I don't want to say cutthroat, but it's, you know, you can be an amazing musician and have a bunch of fans and still make very little money from it. So it can be tough. It can be a very tough industry. And it's a tough thing to pour your heart into, at least, you know, in America, like the arts aren't subsidized. And it's that's a unique thing. We have to like beg for money on Patreon and that kind of thing to get by. And I I don't think that art should be capitalistic. I think art should be holding a mirror up to society and not driven by selling itself to society. Um, So for me, like my, I try to like, I would say yourself, you're going to be your biggest resource. No one else is going to know how to do your music career except for you and so having a meditation practice having a therapist reading self-help books journaling you know i imagine if you're getting into music you probably already journal it's usually sensitive people but like doing that work because at the end of the day um people are going to reject your art or try to tell you how to do it and it's going to like Be really really hard i think for anyone trying to get into it to not quit right away if you're not totally committed to just like being there showing up for yourself and and always checking in with yourself and being like okay like well this person thinks that like i used to have guys come up to me while right before a show And like the audio, uh, like the sound guys or whatever, and like adjust knobs on my amplifier, which like I've never seen anyone do for a guy on stage, you know, but and at first I was like, Oh, well, he must be right. He's the sound engineer. I don't know what I'm supposed to sound like. But now it's like, okay, well, no, I know exactly how I want to sound. And he's just pee-talking. And that took a lot of like work on myself and inner like searching for me. Someone gave me notes today on a song that I was just like, you know what? Like, I totally see where he's coming from. And I try to get feedback from people. But you can't just change everything about yourself that people want you to change. Right. Take take what,
0: you know, I guess I don't want to say what you like, but you know, kind of take it in consideration. And then, you know, if it doesn't fit with what your image is, like you mentioned earlier with your, you know, producing and all of that and in doing your own work, your own songs and everything, you know, it, you know, take it into consideration. But if it, if it doesn't fit, then just, you know, let it go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as resources, like reading, internet but also like go within you know look at your own mind and if you can't sit and be quiet with yourself and look at your own mind which also takes practice and discipline uh you're gonna have a hard time at some point at one point or another um because there's so many insane highs and lows to playing music mm-hmm. it's like you get these moments that are just unbelievable and you're like oh my god my life will never be the same and then your life is the same <laughs> and then you're gets like, worse because of music and then like <laughs> you're yeah, back at zero your, uh, roller coaster <laughs> yeah and for me what i realized is if i can't stay the same through all of that it's not worth going on that ride like i can't have my life like maybe when i was 25 it was cute for my life to like hit rock bottom for a while you know but i can't go along for the ride for that now right
0: yeah and i i definitely agree about meditation mm -hmm. um i i for a long time i think i did it for probably close to a year. I was doing it in the morning and at night. And then I, I'm not even sure why, but I kind of backed away from it for a little bit and I'm now getting back into it again. And Mm -hmm. it, it just helps that creativity for me. And I do, you know, between the, after I do the podcast and then I write and writing is where I, I struggle. The podcast is usually pretty easy for me to have conversations or to come, come up with the solo episodes, but it's when I'm writing like blog posts or anything like that. And I do that meditation and it just, it sparks that creativity.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's easy for us to, you know, like we're so addicted to instant gratification and constant simulation. It's really hard to sit still and just be quiet. Mm -hmm. But we think about like, you know, even our parents, like when they were younger, like people, one generation above us that like didn't have cell phones to constantly be distracting them. Like you, so people did so much more just sitting around and thinking or sitting and waiting and letting their minds sort of wander. Mm -hmm. And if we're not allowing ourselves that space, like how will we actually know what we truly want or what is just like a response to everything else going on around us? Right.
0: Yeah. We just get on that hamster wheel and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I um, actually cut down on my social media. I set a timer on my phone and I said, I can only do, I had it set for two hours a day and I wasn't even hitting the limit. So I'm like, okay, we're going to lower that. Yeah. <laughs> do, so now I'm at an hour 15 a day, but it's helped to, to just set that, you know, and, and now I find I don't go on as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I go on for the business but that's about it. You know, I'll go on Instagram for the business or Facebook and comment or, you know, sh- share things, network. But other than that, I just, I let it go. And it it helped me, you know, it's, it's one less distraction. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think we're just so, you know, we just follow everything. Like we just don't stop. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, between meditation, taking breaks, just stopping, it just, it helps so much with, creativity, or just even having the energy to keep going in your career, whatever your career
1: is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speak to speak to that energy as well. Like I, I happen to be very, probably one of the only people I know I'm like adamant about getting enough sleep. I will not (laughs) sacrifice my sleep for like busyness. Like if I don't have time because of something like I'd rather move something and get enough sleep and I usually sleep more I try to sleep in trumps rather like I try to take naps as much as possible or even if I just lie down. Um, but I learned kind of early in my life, like I do not function well if I'm don't have enough sleep. And I think people really can mess up their lives and their relationships. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're, you're not going to have like the same inspiration and, uh, perspective on your life. And also dreams are really healing and really like great. That's a great resource for me is I look to my dreams all the time and that state, like where, you know if I get stuck on something, if I like lie down for a little bit or even just go for a walk and clear my head, that's when I'm going to solve the problem. It's not going to be when I'm sitting in front of my computer, just grinding my teeth (laughs) and like so upset about everything that's ever happened in my life. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I, I'm, I go through waves where I do want to get enough sleep, but you know, I'll have like last, last night I just couldn't sleep. So I was up till, I don't know, two 3 o'clock, but I was reading, like I was doing something that it wasn't working. It wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to produce something. It was okay. I can't sleep. So let me read. But you know, for me, it's like, I get that hours of sleep and I'm like, okay, now I can think I can be creative. I have better communication. I'm not cranky Mm -hmm. (laughs) or I'm not, you know, drinking coffee all day. So I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you just, sleep for energy and for for creativity and yeah uh, just being productive
1: yeah I get really annoyed with the whole like hustle workaholic Mm -hmm. romanticizing that goes on in our culture I'm like who cares like so you love working like that's not a personality you know yeah (laughs) exactly good for you yeah yeah. Um, so wrapping
0: up here, I have just a couple last questions for you. Um, the first one is, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that uh, inspire you, inspire your music, uh, inspire your career?
1: Yeah. So I'm reading actually this book. Um, it's by Jason Timothy. It's sitting over there. That's why I'm looking. Um, it's called The Mental Game of Music Production. And that's an excellent book for anyone who's just starting out in production, because it really breaks down the truly the mental game it's not the most technical book it's much more about like getting into a certain mindset for creativity um i really love books that have to do with like quantum mechanics and and multi-dimensional reality there's a series called seth speech by jane roberts who was a channel in the 70s for this like consciousness that called itself seth and he speaks a lot about like how we create our reality through our imaginings, basically. And I love stuff like that because my mind feels out of control all the time. So it's good to remind myself like I'm doing this. Yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I'll have to look that up. Um, I also read like a lot of young adult fantasy books. So I won't recommend those because, you know, anyone can figure those out. But podcasts, I listen to um Classically, I listen to like true crime podcasts. I listen to last podcast on the left, and that's why we drink. Um, I listen to endless honeymoon. None of them have anything to do with music. I was just on the music speech, music speech podcast that was really excellent. Um, and keep it weird is another favorite one. But yeah, I like listening to like paranormal and true crime stories when I'm listening to podcasts usually.
0: That's cool. I haven't really gotten into those, So I'll have to, um, I know my roommate listened to one, I can't remember which one it was, but uh-huh. she, she loved it. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I tend to listen to like news podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't watch the news. I really don't look at the news. So I get like my half hour to an hour every day through podcasts and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I really want to, you know, there's just so much out there too, that it's, it's hard to, yeah. you know, really, narrow down but um yeah the storytelling and the the true crime and that I really want to start listening to to those so I'll have to check those ones out that you mentioned
1: yeah it's interesting how true crime has like emerged of, of, as this huge thing I my mom watched a lot of true crime stuff when I was growing up and I always thought it was super weird and just gave her this really crappy perspective on life. And now, of course, as I am an adult, I am, like, totally fascinated by it, too. And it kind of also just, like, it, it's nostalgic for me as well. There's right, something, yeah. because I grew up with it, there's weirdly something comforting about listening to some, like, forensic file-type episode on mm-hmm. someone's, some murderer's DNA being discovered 30 years later. You know, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's- it's it's really interesting, kind of, I mean, going way off topic from the, <laughs> what we're talking about, but <laughs> yeah. just, just like, you know, you're like, that can really happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, how do they do that? How do they figure that out? It's, I mean, even just watching, you know, some
1: of the um, TV shows like that, you're like, i can't believe that actually happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's statistics about like women in particular in particular being so interested in true crime because it's like it gives a sense of control Mm -hmm. because women are primarily the victims of violent crimes um or at least sort of you know like murders and and like random homicides and that kind of thing and I think there is a comfort in it just being acknowledged and explored. It's like looking at the shadow, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I'll I'll definitely look those up though. I want to <laughs> try and get into get into a little bit. Um but uh last question here before we go, where can my audience find and connect with you, find your music, um and then I guess the the podcast too.
1: Yeah, so I just released on Bandcamp only the new track that will be on Spotify this week. It's called cowboy. And that features the artist Shamir, who's amazing. Um, So that will be on Spotify. You can find me, uh, Caitlin D Spotify, um, on iTunes as well. If you want to look at my former projects, you can look up pipe dreams. The record was called RIP or Betty Petty. Um, and, uh, let's see, On um, Instagram it's Caitlin D and D has five E's in it. <laughs> um, and the podcast you can find it on any of your podcasting apps and it's called goth yearbook after hours. So yeah. And I will link to all those in the show notes. So everybody can,
0: uh, find them, find you and connect with you. And, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Caitlin. This was awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the
0: Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.BrokenGlassMediaLLC.com. Subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.